What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of In Our Reels. It's your boy, Cameron Jachinski, here talking to you. And today, we're going to be discussing a movie that came out uh, not too long ago, definitely 2020. And uh, that is the movie The King of Staten Island. Uh, when this movie was released, uh, when was it actually released? King of Staten Island. So this movie was officially released in June. Oh, in the Netherlands. Okay, whatever. Summertime, this movie was released. And uh, it definitely caught my attention from the very beginning. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Pete Davidson stuff. And I've heard a lot about and like this movie just seems so interesting just based on the cover alone or the i guess poster is the best way to put it it's pete davidson standing on top of a car holding his arms out and i don't know why but i find that very interesting but this movie is stars pete davidson who is probably most well known for uh dating ariana grande (laughs) but he's also as far as acting goes, uh, definitely SNL is his biggest part. Uh, he's in Trainwreck and Big Time Adolescence. Uh, this Marissa Tomei, who's uh, Aunt May in the new Marvel movies of Spider-Man, the Tom Holland series. Uh, she was in Trainwreck as well. She was in The Big Short, Crazy Stupid Love, The Wrestler, My Cousin Vinny. Uh, she's got a pretty impressive resume. Uh, Bill Burr, who's in the Heat, Date Night, Daddy's Home series, the Front Runner. Uh, he, he does a lot of stand up too as well. That's it. That's what he's more known as known known for, known for is a stand up. And there's a few other notable people who make appearances in this film, but they don't really play major roles. I guess Steve Buscemi is, makes is the one I would be the first one I'd talk to talk about. He's in Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, The Big Lebowski, Fargo, Monsters Inc. and Monsters University, and a few others. But other than that, uh, no huge names play a real huge role in this film. And it's going to be directed by Judd Apatow, who was director of The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Trainwreck, This Is 40, and that seems to be the uh, most notable things Judd Apatow has directed. And here's the letterbox description of the movie. Uh, it's a long one, so buckle up. Scott has been a case of arrested development ever since his firefighter father died when he was seven. He's now reached his mid-twenties and, having achieved little, chasing a dream of becoming a tattoo artist that seems far out of reach. As his ambitious younger sister heads off to college, Scott is still living with his exhausted ER nurse mother and spends his day smoking weed, hanging with the guys, Oscar, Igor, and Richie, and secretly hooking up with his childhood friend, Kelsey. But when his mother starts dating a loudmouth firefighter named Ray, it sets off a chain of events that will force Scott to grapple with his grief and take his first tentative steps toward moving forward in life uh yeah that's pretty much it um so this movie pete davidson plays the part of scott and uh he his dad it takes place when i mean pete davidson's obviously in his 20s or whatever 
they say he's 24 in the movie and his dad died and he was seven so this movie takes place long after his dad died and it's more or less scott living his life and some key things happen to where he kind of kicks his butt in gear and realizes he's doing nothing with his life because uh, he's been so the grief of his uh dad dying when he was just a little kid has prevented him from being okay mentally for a long time and not to mention he says he's got a few uh learning disabilities as well and he's just not okay mentally and he uses that as an excuse to just not do anything or to really slack off in life which is really interesting because uh, he's like there's one part where he's walking around with his sister because his sister like in the thing in the description said his sister goes to college at one point he visits her and they go to a party and stuff together and they're walking back together and she's like well have you ever thought about like going here and he's like i can't go to college blah 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 excuse 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 and he quickly dismisses the idea and this seems to be you get the feeling that this is how his character has always been uh partially because the scene is like part way through the movie but it's like you can tell he's the kind of guy to always make excuses to never chase the dreams he wants he's always just lagging behind and no matter what like anything like he does not want to take risks any risk he finds excuses to not take and that's more or less the gist of the story is he eventually stops well he has to stop finding excuses to do stuff and he just has to get out there and do things and his attitude with this really takes a toll on a lot of his relationships like his childhood friend kelsey wants to take their relationship to the next level and instead of just being friends with benefits she wants to end up dating and he's makes up a bunch of excuses as to why he can't do that and then like his mom wants him to move out and he makes up a bunch of excuses as to why he can't do that and that's just the whole movie well say that in a bad way that's just the theme throughout the movie is scott not having the guts to take any risks in life uh so quick bit of notes on this film uh definitely an admirable story admirable uh so like i said the whole story the whole plot of the movie is scott coming to grips with his what reality is and how he has to he's got he's got to take the bull by the horns and take control of his life and it's very clear that he hasn't been doing that for most of his life. So I definitely like the story of this film. I'm always one for an underdog story. Excuse me. I'm always one for an underdog story and just and seeing someone rise from the ashes or the depths and becoming someone, especially a movie like this. Um, Scott is a starts off as a very, very rude, ignorant young man. Uh, he doesn't really want to do anything. He just quite literally just wants to smoke weed all day, and he'll do tattoos, but none of his—he's not very good at it. So, <sighs> he's not very good at it. So, not a lot of his friends will let him practice on him and stuff like that. Uh, but eventually, things happen, fall in line to where Scott—you know—he ends up doing a lot with these young children. He walks them to school. He walks a couple of young children to school every day and ends up like becoming friends with them and really being interested in them and caring about them. 
uh, he ends up being homeless at one point, and he has to really humble himself up and go talk to someone he hates for a place to stay. And then from there, once he gets to that place, he learns the value of hard work and what it can do for you and respect and things like that. And it's just such a, it's such it's just such a like a, it's kind of a sad movie, I guess. But the ending and how things all turn out is, is really uplifting. So it's almost kind of a cheery movie at the end. But it's just such a great story, and it's so like low key. But I'm sure this movie is pretty applicable to a lot of people out there. So to see a movie so kind of realistic, I guess, like this, and so relatable to so many people out in the world. It was nice to kind of just kind of see the realism of this movie. So definitely a good story. The soundtrack of this film is pretty freaking sweet. Uh, a lot of songs fit really well with their specific with their scenes that are chosen. Uh, I want to talk about the soundtrack mainly because I'm a big Kid Cudi fan. So there's a few Kid Cudi classics in this film. Uh, so those songs really especially stood out to me. So that... That right there is enough to make me a fan of the soundtrack, uh, but the fact that the rest of it all was pretty darn good as well and worked really well, that's just a bonus. Uh, the second half of the movie was definitely better than the first, e- easily, easily. I would say things take a turn at the fight by the pool, I guess, is when they really got good. Because uh, that's kind of what the point where Scott starts to turn his life around. He starts to just humble up and come to grips with how with him as a person. Uh, the beginning of the movie is definitely a little slow, a little boring. So I wasn't really. I was kind of like, and this movie's like two hours fifteen minutes, a little on the longer side. So I was just thinking, like, oh man, this is gonna be a long. This is gonna be a long two hours and fifteen minutes. But I'd say right around the halfway point, things got a little better. Um, that's really all the positive things I have to say. This, I do have a little bit of a, a few negative things. The, at one point, Scott visits his buddy in prison. There's a whole scene to it. And, uh, that scene is just completely unnecessary. I didn't see the point of it. I mean, he, I guess his buddy kind of gives him a little pep talk from inside prison, just saying to, I guess, to look out for yourself and look out your friends, but... It was just so stupid. I didn't see a point of it, really. And the title doesn't make much sense at all. Uh, I don't get how he's the king of Staten Island. I mean, obviously, the movie takes place primarily on Staten Island, but how he's the king of it, I don't know. I guess it's just because, like, they make it seem like Staten... I've never been to Staten Island. I've never been to New York. Uh, So I want to make that very clear. But they make it seem like Staten Island's, like, a pretty horrible place to be, and it's really lame and run down and stuff. And they definitely portray that uh visually as well in the film both through like the atmosphere sh- atmospheric shots of and the background and the set pieces of this film and even the characters in this film reference like how horrible Staten Island is and even the the Kelsey girl wants to become a city planner and make it better uh but I've never been to Staten Island but with the like I said but with the image that they're painting of it it makes me think that pete davidson's character scott is the king of staten island he's just like the epitome of someone who lives on there is the way i would think of it i guess that's the way i had to put it but uh i didn't find the title to make much sense and uh the acting in this movie it's 
pretty decent. I would say the best uh, actor in this would be Bill Burr, who plays the part of Ray. He's a firefighter in the film, and almost and gets into Scott's life through his mom. He was probably the best actor in it. Um, no one did bad. I want to make that. No one did like god awful. But um, not having seen a lot of Pete Davidson's acting work, after watching this movie, um, definitely he's not bad. But he, I'd be shocked if he's winning an Oscar anytime soon for anything. Uh, I feel Pete Davidson could have done a better job. Uh, like I said, he didn't do bad, but definitely didn't stand out. Um, that's really all I have on this movie. I was telling uh, my roommate when we were done watching it that this would be a really interesting episode because it's a really, it's a really slow-paced movie. Not a lot of action or specific scenes to talk about. Um, because really, it's just like it takes its time. I guess I think Judd Apatow knew what he was going for here. He knew what kind of movie he wanted. Uh, it's just a, I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time, if ever. It's just very slow pace. It's really drawn out. He takes careful time to paint the scene of everything. And like, there's just no scenes that stand out. There's no, I guess, with Bill Burr. But besides that, there's no characters that stand out. It's all just kind of blended together to form this mediocre movie, which uh, kind of gives away the score. Right now, it's averaging a. Let me see here. On Letterboxd, it's averaging a 3.5, which I think is pretty darn high. I am going to put it more in the 2.5 area. In fact, that is what I'll give it. Thinking of Staten Island gets a 2.5 out of 5. The official in our real score. Definitely not a bad movie. Uh, with And with it being as new as it is, it kind of was a little more expensive to rent on Amazon Prime than most movies I've watched on there. I think it was like six bucks. I would say it was worth six bucks. Uh but definitely a little more expensive, you know. But two out of two and a half out of five uh is the official in our real score. Um next movie next week is going to be a movie. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to give it away, but you'll know about it at that point um until then do follow me on instagram and twitter and check me out on twitch and follow the uh the podcast on instagram and twitter the username for both those is going to be at in our reels you can message me there and give me notif and give me suggestions there same with twitter i'd love to hear some suggestions or if someone who's seen this movie before I would really like to hear your thoughts on it. Tweet me, send me a message, do whatever you got to do. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this film because I think this is one that could leave a lot of people split. I think there's there's a lot of people out there that really like this movie. A decent amount of people who would just say it's all right, like me, and a decent amount of people that would say, ah, it's total crap. Love to hear your thoughts. And like I said, I am on Twitch. If you like hearing me talk, if you like hearing me do my thing, do definitely stop by Twitch and watch me play some video games. Uh, you 
my username there is at the milkman 201 I'd love for you to stop by and say what's up in the chat. But until then, that's all we have on that's all we have here at in our reels. Thank you for listening as always, and I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.